Everyone talks about how great Beethoven was. Beethoven wasn't so great. What do you mean Beethoven wasn't so great? He never got his picture on bubblegum cards, did he? Have you ever seen his picture on a bubblegum card? Hmm? How can you say someone is great who's never had his picture on bubblegum cards? Good grief. And the home of the Welcome to episode 44 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. Oh, to quote a friend of mine, oh, doctor, (laughs) we have got quite the show lined up for you this podcast. We have some special guests that we've invited onto the show, don't we, James? Yes, we do. Some returning wonderful, familiar guests, too, as a matter of fact. And if you would like to know who those guests are, well, you're just going to have to stick with us, aren't you? All right. Well, um, how are you, James? I didn't ask. That was rude uh, of me. How are you, sir? That wasn't rude at all. I'm no, no. I am a rude person, and I apologize. No need, please. You are one of the nicest, kindest greatest gentleman on the planet and uh, i'm doing fine thank you how are uh, how are you holding up i can't complain i you know i'm doing all right i am happy uh i'm happy to be doing on the show with you i things have been a little hectic lately at, at work and and elsewhere but otherwise you know that's uh otherwise business as usual and i i enjoy doing this podcast it's definitely one of the highlights of my week so uh, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to do that, and I thank you, our listener, for giving me a reason to do that. So, here we are. And the real credit belongs to you, Gary, so we'll move on, but thank you. Yeah, yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, you know what? We have a pretty packed show tonight, so why don't we just jump into uh, the starting lineup for this evening, yeah? And for tonight's starting lineup, in goal, as ever, I am number 35, your American Rhino, Gary McComiskey, and of course, my stalwart co-host. Number four on defense, I'm James Sajazi, and tonight we have two special guests returning to the podcast, leading off with... Brad Bonsky, number 44, at forward. And number 32, Mike Margiata, at uh, goaltender, but also whatever is needed at game day. All right, thanks guys. Welcome. Welcome back, I should say. Thank you, Gary. Yeah, sure. You've both Thank you. uh you've both been on multiple podcasts by dint of your lengthy interviews and uh we appreciate both of your previous or, or I should say all of your previous shows were highlights, I think uh, of of our shows so far. So having you back is a bit of a thrill for uh well, I speak only for myself, but uh well, I shouldn't speak for, for both James. of us. Yeah. yeah. All right. Nevertheless, we're happy to have you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us back. Yeah, no, no doubt. Thank you, Gary. Thanks no for having d- us here. Is that something? Is that something that people still say? No doubt. I say no doubt as kind of like a a, a learned, educated thing. But I know if that for a time, no doubt was like, yeah, no doubt. Like that. That's a. Th- I don't. I know nothing about pop culture, so I just. Uh, I, James, save me, please, please. Just, <laughs> just tell me what's on deck for this show, please. It's a real quick one. I promise you. All right. It's just one thing, actually. The 100 Greatest NHL Players Roundtable. The complete list of the 100 Greatest NHL Players was officially announced during last week's All-Star Weekend festivities. LIQ members Brad and Mike join us as we go over the list and give our own top tens, especially if some of our favorite players didn't make the cut. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James, and uh, thank you for getting me back on track. So, uh, shall we continue? Okay, anyway, (laughs) speaking of history, uh, the (laughs) gentlemen Brad and Mike are here for a very special occasion. We are going to dissect the 100 greatest NHL players list that was announced uh, at the recording of this podcast last weekend during the uh, NHL All-Star 
weekend. So Gary and uh, Brad actually came up with a pretty good idea that Brad will give us a top 10 of the list that he thinks uh, out of the 100 greatest players since it's not that long a podcast, so we can't go over the 100. <laughs> and uh, then Mike and I and, and Gary will throw in our two cents as to what we think players should have been on or players that haven't been on. But uh, before we get into Brad's top 10, uh, speaking of which, the 100 list proper itself is pretty interesting. And obviously, a lot of famous names made it, like Gretzky and Howe and Bossy, to name a few. But um, for the most part, I, I think they did a good job, the NHL did, in, in naming the 100 greatest players of all time in celebration of the 100th anniversary of the NHL. So again, we'll go into who we think maybe shouldn't be on the list. It's a pretty amazing thing to narrow it down to just 100 players out of the league's great rich history. So if you wouldn't mind, Brad, just kicking it off with uh, your top 10 of the guys that you think, even if they're the same names as on the list itself. And I'm really happy that they didn't put it in number order, by the way, like who's number one, two, three, and whatever. They just have the 100 greatest players in alphabetical order, and we could fight among ourselves who the best of that is. So, Brad, please take it away if you don't mind. Sure. And normally people usually count down with these things, but I think because it's such a given with the NHL, I think I'll just start at number one. All right. Wayne Gretzky at number one. I think, I think just about everybody can agree on that one. Consensus um, pick. Yeah, definitely. Probably, and, yeah. That's pretty safe assumption. Although I, I know I'm I'm not trying to jump on you, Brad, but I, I did read uh, in one article that Gretzky, Lemieux, and Orr all named Gordy Howe as their number one player of all time. Very well, funny you should say that, happened, Gary, because he died. Hmm. <laughs> like, were they gonna say, "Oh, he was great, but he's dead, but he's not as good as we would like"? <laughs> well, I expect Gretzky to say, "Well, obviously, it was me." Because, you know, that's no. what athletes do. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't expecting that, but, I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I get that all three said it, but it's sort of like, all right, did you really mean it? Or are you just because, oh, he's dead, everyone's sad still? No, I think number that, one. Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with the humility of these great players. And Gretzky is the most humble of them all, especially for, I mean, I'm a huge Gretzky fan if people haven't heard that in the past. I admit it, uh, but um, the humility of these players, and, and I think they always credit the history and the guys that came before them, and exactly right. I mean, Lemieux and, and Gretzky, uh, they'd never be that, I don't know, whatever the case is, selfish, I suppose, to, to say that, yeah, I'm the best. You know, it's not mm -hmm. like uh, Muhammad Ali or Michael Jordan or anybody else that's kind of breaking his arm to pat himself on the back. NHL players don't do that, so... Uh, I'm sure maybe the fact that, that Mr. Howe passed away had maybe a little bit to do with it, but I'm, I guarantee you those guys were being incredibly honest saying that uh, Howe was their favorite. But, yeah, for our generation at least, or statistically, you can't go wrong with uh, number 99 at number one. So if you wouldn't mind Brad, moving on to— Brad, wh uh, why Mr. was it funny that I mentioned Gordie Howe? Uh, it was quite funny because at number two, I have Gordie Howe. The heck you say. Um, Yes. Um, and I, I think part of why Gretzky and Orr and Lemieux said that is probably because Hal played for so long yeah. that all of these guys grew up watching him. So that's true. they still look up to him as that, as that hero of theirs. So that's probably why, considering the man played for, well, he played in the NHL from 46 to 1980. That's, that's incredible. That is obscene in, in some ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's actually a great. Well, that wasn't all NHL. You know, there was some WHA. There was some WHA uh, Whalers years in there, but still, the man which was playing taken, pro hockey for a while. Which may have been worse for him, considering you know, from what we understand, those games were fairly violent. Yeah, but that's a great point about them all watching him growing up. I never would have thought of that. And and you're, I in on upon reflection, I think you're absolutely right. So who's in the third spot? All right, third spot, and I'm going to probably just go through these now because we can sit okay. here and talk all day on these things. And probably uh, will. Number th yeah. Uh, number three, Bobby Orr. Number four, Mario Lemieux. Uh, number five, the great Jean Beliveau. Number six, uh, Maurice Rocket Richard. Number seven, Ray Bork. 
Number eight, Boston Bruin, great. You know, old-time hockey, Eddie Shore. Number nine, Mike Bossy. And number 10, Yarmir Yager. Wow. Which might be a controversial pick there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'd say it that controversial. Yeah, I mean, the, the guy is still going strong and rewriting the uh, record book, so pretty impressive. I'm not going to oh. argue the pick, but I am a little surprised. There was one other player I was toying with, Bossy, Yager, and Mark Messier. They were the three that I had at the end there, and Messier got left off. Well, I, I don't disagree with that, actually, and especially Mike Bossy, one of the all-time best scorers in history, and unfortunately he had such a brief career, but uh, he was, what, didn't he set a record for nine consecutive years, 40 goals or something like that? Nobody else has yeah, ever done that? Nine consecutive, and if you look at the stats, it's incredible. 750 games in his career, over 1,100 points. Wow. So that's a heck of an average wow. there. It was uh, 50 goals, James. Nine, nine years, 50 goals. I, I just saw that researching for this list. That's why I know. Wow. Even more impressive. So that, yeah. that's not even including his uh, four Stanley Cups and five yeah. in a row getting to the finals and all those playoff heroics. So that's that's mighty impressive. But, hey, man, listen, I, I guess the whole point of the fact that they didn't list the 100 greatest players, which I believe they did back in 99-2000 with the turn of the century because everybody was obsessed with lists at that time. But uh, this go-around, they were smart enough to just hold it to 100 names, which is honor enough. So thank you so much for getting us a starting point, Brad, for that. And uh, leading things off, Mike, um, anybody mm-hmm. on both Brad and the 100 list, any player or players on that list that you think should not be on that list? On, on Brad's list? Definitely on the one, not. Uh, 100. On the 100 list? Yeah, yeah definitely um, Taze, take him out. Kane, I would take out. Keith, I'd probably take him out. The other thing, I, the other issue I have with the the 100 list is you do have some of these guys that played way back in like the 30s, and I understand that they were pioneers and helped shape the game, but. I do wonder if you were to, you know, jump in the DeLorean, go back, pick them up, and then bring them to a game here, how they would fare. Because, you know, it was much more relaxed rules, so they could be more physical because, you know, it was okay to elbow a guy in the face because that's just what you did back then. But I would kind of be a little curious to see how they would handle the more refined and speed-oriented aspect of the game yeah i I hear what you're saying exactly Uh, and again like what we were saying before about the pioneers and players before them but if okay let's say right we i love the the delorean reference so thank you very much for that uh at the time those guys when they played yeah the, the the equipment wasn't nearly as great as it is now and nor were they as fit athletically as the players are nowadays because of coming up earlier and younger and, and training and having the benefit of working out properly and proper diets and things of that nature. A lot of those guys in the past, they had to work regular jobs during the right. off season and such. But, uh, and, they, and their sticks, they didn't even have curves on their blades and things. So, I, yeah, it could go both ways for me. I definitely agree with what you're saying, and you're right. So the, in one aspect, if you take them into the modern – like Gretzky always said that himself, and one of the reasons why he retired – was he was saying that the guys are getting so much bigger and the game's getting faster nowadays. So uh, I guess that's kind of like the evolution of sports is the guys in the past, they, right, with with different rules. I mean, goalies played without masks, for crying out loud. So Mike and Gary, right. I, don't, I don't know how you guys could fathom that being our uh, top goaltenders in the LIQ. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think also that the goals were not as, I don't know, like, you're right. The the sticks didn't have curves. They were made of wood. Guys weren't as strong back then. So I'm not saying it wasn't a dangerous position, but, you know, there was a lot less chance of getting seriously, seriously injured because guys didn't shoot high as often and they didn't shoot nearly as hard and fast. So I think, you know, it wasn't as necessary back then as it is now. Fair it enough. It makes sense that, you know, 
by the time the goalies started, you know, putting their masks on, it was right around the time Bernie Jeffrey on, you know, started using the slap shot. So it sort of makes sense that those two things came around at the same time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to get hit with one of those. <laughs> no. Exactly. So, Mike, is that the, about it for your uh, hat trick of guys or so? I, that I mean, that, yeah, that's that's kind of the, the biggest criticism I can get. It's like I'm looking at the list right now, and, I mean, I will admit that there are some play- – I mean, I've, I've heard of all these names – but if you were to show me a picture of a young Toe Blake, for example, I'm not sure I would know who that is. Yeah. Like, I would be able to recognize, well, oh, that's Toe Blake. Like, you show me a picture of John Beliveau or Rocket Richard, like, oh, yeah, that's Rocket Richard. You know, he's got a very, he's a different kind of player, a different kind of level. But if you show me a young Toe Blake, I don't know, I'm just going to see a somewhat diminutive uh, Canadian guy. I don't know, Mike. Or, I'm looking you know, at the list I mean, right now. Almost- and I, I, I've never heard of Charlie Conachet, Conachet, uh, Yvonne, Conachet. Yvonne Cornoyer. I have heard, I, I've heard of Yvonne Cornoyer. Yeah. I, uh, he, I, I mean, just, he was big. I'm, I, I get, I get your point, but I think a lot of these early guys, you know, right. maybe. I mean, some of these just, guys from the thirties, it's just right. like, I guess you have to. Yeah, I mean, just based solely on their statistics, and I, I really, I guess, the only way you can judge them is by how much better they were than their contemporaries, right? They're, you know, that the, how they fared in the era that they played in, because you you can't be objective because in so many ways it's a completely different game now than it was then. Oh yeah. So Brad, how about yourself? Uh, who do you think? is on there and who deserves to be on there or, or, and or who does not deserve to be on the 100 list. Oh boy. Do I have some, do I think that shouldn't be on there? Um, <laughs> go for it. I agree with Mike, with Jonathan Taves. I just, I don't see it yet. I think he's on his way, but I think we have, we can't think of his, um, his potential to be on this list. You have to think of how he is now. Same goes for Duncan Keith. Great mm-hmm. defenseman in the league right now. Not top 100 of all time. There are a couple more defensemen that could have taken his spot on this list. The two, and also Pavel Datsuk falls under that category as well. Um, I just don't think really? he had enough of a body of work. I, yeah. I don't think he should be on this list, but that's going to be... Well, there's a couple that's people that so I think it should, it should be on... <laughs> <laughs> yes, but in, I think in, in his time, but compared to some of the other players that could have been on this list... And I guess I can oh, get to well, that in a second. But the two picks that I think people will find a little controversial that I don't think should be on here are Grant Fior mm. and Joe Newendike. Really? Yes. Mm. Now, I will give you my reasoning. Sure. Please. Grant Fior, he got all his statistics playing on incredibly good teams. You could have put a garbage can in goal for the <laughs> Oilers, and they still would have won those cups. Okay. I mean, if you look, he has, on the statistics, he has the worst goals against average of any goalie on this list. So he averaged three and a half goals per game against him. And while he was on the Oilers, he was up over four. So, wow. and then when he moved on to St. Louis, his numbers got better, but he was also playing behind Al McInnes and Chris Pronger as their top pairing. So I feel like he was a product not so much of his talent, but rather a product of the teams that he was on, which is not to say he wasn't a great goalie. He was a sure. great goalie, but sure. I don't think he's a legendary top 100 goalie of all time. Only 15 made this list, and I don't think I can argue Grant Fuhrer is a top 15 goalie of all time. No, I, I appreciate the logic, yeah. and I agree with it. And, uh, you know, Gary and, and Mike, you guys being the goaltenders, uh, I think you got to follow Brad's lead, no? Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, it's... It, it. I'm not really the one to ask. Uh, you know that I didn't see. I didn't see him play. You know, I'm. He had to be. Look in goal. You have to be elite to, you know, stop the puck. We're talking about the the elite among the elite. So while I agree with what Brad's saying in terms of you have to, you know, a garbage can could have won those games. Uh, the fact of the matter is that they could have won games. You know. Nine to eight, or they could have won games, you know, nine to one or nine to nine to three, and it, it takes it still takes a a pretty high level goalie to deliver 
in those high pressure situations. They won so many cups. You know, when it when it mattered in the clutch, he was he was still uh, he he delivered when it counts. I mean, and there's a lot of people who crack under that kind of pressure. So the fact that he was their top goalie through their run, you know, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm just rambling, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not saying it's a bad point, Brad, but I I'm saying I I don't have any issue with him being on the list just because of his goals against average. Well, well I think we I could al- all. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Brad. Well, I also think that part of my um, rationale was some of the goalies that were left off of the list that could have been on in his place. So That's names like Ed Belfour didn't make the list. Rogi Vashon didn't make the list. Um, That's a real travesty. And then <laughs> some more modern guys. Honestly, I think Roberto Luongo could have been on this list over Grant Fuhr. Ah, I yeah. also I also think Henrik Lundqvist arguably could be on this list. I agree with you there. And I actually was surprised that Lundqvist was not on this list. I thought he would be. And I, speaking I, I of was which, really when I read through the list, I was shocked he was not there. Exactly. I kept looking for his name like I, I went past it. But uh, speaking of which, uh, your guy, Mike, the yeah. uh, stalwart goalie in, in L.A., I'm kind of surprised that um, – he didn't get the uh, the nod too. So going along with with Brad, what he's saying there, you know, Jonathan Quick has had a pretty sensational career so far. But is that like what we? I think we all agree too with guys like Taze, Kane, and Keith. And again, what I was going to say before is winning the Stanley Cup more than once is going to obviously be the key to get you on this top one hundred list. I uh, can't really argue with that, but. Um, Fast forwarding to that and individual efforts and, and careers that, uh, you know, quick, he's got two and uh, still yeah. going strong. So, well, not this season. He's well, played one period. Caught up with him a little bit, but I, I thought Lundquist would make the list. And I didn't expect Jonathan Quick to make the list just because the Kings are the Kings and lodging like the writers that follow the team that because they play on the West Coast and because the vast majority of their games start at 10.30, you know, or 9.30 on, depending on if they've traveled into a central time zone or mountain time zone game team, that the the bulk of the East Coast media doesn't really watch them, doesn't really watch the highlights. So, like, that's why last year, I think it was a big surprise that Drew Doughty won the Norris and Andre Kopfer won the Selkie because the logic was always like, oh, well, you know, you have these Kings players that do really well, but because the writers for the Bruins and the Canadians and the Red Wings are in bed by the time the second period starts, they don't see some of the heroics and the theatrics that these players put on. So I'm not, I wasn't totally surprised that Quick wasn't on there. I think you can make an excellent argument, though. Two Stanley Cups. In the first cup, a member of perhaps the most dominant playoff championship team we've seen Turn of the century? I mean, I mean the you know two thousand, not nineteen hundred. Yeah, yeah. uh, but right, <laughs> I mean, lose, they lost I like what, two or three games the they, whole postseason. They yeah. lost four games yeah. and only one on the road. And his goals against and his save percentage were insane. And having watched every single one of those games of that playoff run that I could, because if I remember correctly, I don't think they broadcast the first round on the uh, East Coast, so I had to like, watch it the next day in like the condensed whatever it was, he was just otherworldly, right? So yeah, wins the insane. cup, wins the con Smythe for that run. He was clearly the most important and most necessary part of that team to win. Goes to the conference finals the next year with a banged up team. Oh, I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but after they lost to the Blackhawks, I mean, the team was just, the injury report was like reading the Battle of Gettysburg. It was like, what the hell happened here? But yeah, exactly. That's exactly what what Brad is saying with the uh, with with Fuhr. Like he didn't really have to face that bringing a team on his back like that. Right. Like like uh, and Eddie Eagle too. I can't believe I, that great point. I can't believe that Belfour's not on the list too. So exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, Quick is he's a young guy and and having that much pressure on you to perform that at that level. And the same thing with Lundqvist too. I mean, Gary and I see that day in and day out. So they're kind of unsung heroes, goalies. I I feel. And I don't think that they get enough credit 
for all that they do and keeping teams in games and so on and so forth. So, Well, I mean, James, if you look at the list, I don't think any current of the current players that were put on the list, I don't think any of them were goalies. Um, they, right. you know, cause honestly goals are sexy and I think yeah. it's, it's a lot easier to point to somebody who's currently playing and saying, Hey, this guy has a lot of talent, you know, cause he, he's, he's flashy and, and he's always putting up highlights. Whereas with the goalies, I think it's a lot more of a, a numbers game over the course of the career. And, you know, it's, yeah, goalies make flashy saves, uh, sometimes, but, I think a lot of goalies make flashy saves once in a while. So, you know, and honestly, I'm going to be the uh, the probably counterintuitively among all of us. Uh, I'm going to be the one who says I'm not surprised Lundqvist didn't make the list. I think he's incredibly talented, but he does have every season. He consistently has long stretches where he's just mediocre. You know, he's 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 average, which is fine, but it's not, you know, the the superstar quality that we think of when we think Hall of Famer, uh, you know, all time great. And that that's fine. That's fine. Everyone goes through bad stretches, but I think it hurts him and the the biggest thing is he doesn't have a cup, you know? So mm. to point at somebody and say, you are one of the greatest of all time before your career is even over, we say that definitively about you. I think the fact that he doesn't have a cup really hurts him. Well, there are guys on here that don't have cups. No, no, I know. But yeah, I'm but saying as a goalie, yeah. as a goalie yeah. in the middle of his career, I think given the points I've already made about – how goalies are, are evaluated. I think that's, you know, he doesn't have enough to, for for you to really point to and say that right now, while he's playing, he's one of the greatest of all time. And Mike, you said there's, there's, there's some guys on here without cups, but looking at the list, as far as the goalies go, only one goalie who oh. did not win a cup made the list, and that was Tony Esposito. Yeah, and you know, and, now that I think about it, I would probably take him off. Espo? I know he was groundbreaking. I know that he was groundbreaking, but honestly, have you watched some of his highlights? And by highlights, I mean the you know, it, it, it's hard <laughs> some to of argue. the things he did that were called saves. It's hard to argue more than 400 wins, though. Well, yeah, but I mean, let's see. He played from 1968 to 19. All right, so, I mean, 400 wins in that span is pretty good. But I mean, I will say, other than... Grant Fjord, Billy Smith, and George Vezina, he's got the highest goals against average. So that might be an argument against him, but I would put him middle of the road as far as the goalies go. Who would be, who would be below him? The list that I have here, because I went ahead and did this by position because I'm crazy. Um, <laughs> and that's below, surprising. Below Espo, I've got Turk Broda, Bill Dernan. Now, I never saw these guys play, so this is based on statistics. Johnny Bauer, Bernie Perrant, George Vezina, Billy Smith, and Grant Fuhr. What a lot I would of people think don't to put Billy Smith above Esposito. I knew you were going to say that. A lot of people don't realize with Billy Smith is that he was a pretty crappy regular season goaltender, and through most of his career, the Islanders split him with Chico Resch in goal, but they would play him throughout the whole playoffs because he was an excellent clutch goaltender, similar to Bernie Perrant, but Bernie had a, was a better regular season goalie than Billy. But Billy Smith was not the best regular season goaltender. So that's why I would hold him back as great as his playoff you know, resume is. And as much of an Islander fan as I am, I don't think he would be up as high as people like Glenn Hall and Terry Sawchuk and Dominic Hasek. The way I, I always look at goaltenders, goaltenders is that if tomorrow aliens came down and challenged us to the hockey version of Space Jam, <laughs> and they said you could have any goaltender you want in their prime on your team. So you have that door up, you have that option available, right? The doors open, so you can pick anyone. So I mean, I guess obviously the logical choice is, hey, let's take Hashik. You know, in the what ninety nine season or ninety eight season when he was just borderline unstoppable. But, I would throw a different name up there. I would say who? Ken Dryden in his prime. Ooh, I wouldn't. I think Ken Dryden has it. it I, don't get me wrong. I really like Ken Dryden, and I think he was a very good goaltender. But I think he had the benefit of playing behind one of the greatest teams of all time in the seventies, mid seventies, early the whole seventies decade. Canadians, 
I mean, second lowest goals against average on this list. And he right, did stand on his head in 171 when he was a rookie. I mean, he did. Yeah, I mean, he did basically kick Rogi Vashon out of Montreal. So, I mean, not, not that I'm saying I would say, hey, you know, I'll take Ken Dryden or whatever. I mean, he's obviously a supreme goaltender. I, I, I mean, Hall of Famer, obviously. And I think he deserves to be on the list. So I'm not saying, hey, no, yeah. take Ken Dryden off. Oh, no, but Dryden's on the list for sure. No, he belongs. Yeah, he belongs. But, I mean, he's one of those guys where, as excellent as he was, I do wonder how he would fare behind a weaker team than he was on. And I think if you've read the game, I think he kind of hints that he thinks the same thing. Because he specifically talks about the New Year's, Eve again, New Year's Eve game against the Soviets, where the Canadians are peppering Vladislav Tretiak with shots. And he's, like, holding them off. And I think Dryden gives up three goals on ten shots. Yeah. And Tretiak gives up three goals on, like, 40 shots or something. It, it, the, I remember the disparity because he talks at length about it. The disparity is fairly large, and he felt very inadequate compared to Tretiak in that game. So, I, I, I mean, I wonder if it's kind of that argument where you say, hey, if you take Ken Dryden in his prime, and I know he's great, but you put him on, I mean, I don't know who's the last place team in the, the early 70s. Probably the Kings or, you know, the Golden Seals. Yeah, put put Ken Dryden on the Golden Seals, the 1970 Golden Seals. I mean, how's he going to look? The fact that he's playing behind Belleville, Lafleur, Yvon Cornaille, I mean, all these names. I think he still would have produced. I don't. I think he probably, still would have produced, probably not, not the level what he did. No, yeah, he absolutely. Probably, he probably would have had a similar career to someone like Glenn Hall, who played on a pretty crappy Blues team through most of his right. career, and the Blackhawks. Right. And again, this is just like what you're saying about Fuhr, and I'm going to throw out Marty Brodeur, too, into <laughs> yeah, a certain extent. You know, I was actually just going to bring that up, James. I was going to say, can I open the can of worms that is Marty Brodeur? <laughs> Go for it, G-Mac. I mean, talk about benefiting from a system. Uh, you know, the oh, yeah. the... He played behind that trap, and yeah, he he stopped a lot of shots. But how high quality were those shots? I mean, you know, the the Devils, you could not break into their zone. So the fact of the matter is, yeah, you have to be a skilled goaltender to play in the NHL. This is, you know, I I mean, I guess this is counter to the point I was making about Grand Fjord before. I'm in a way I'm contradicting myself, and maybe that's partially because I just detest Marty Brodeur. But um, nevertheless, that you know, admitting that and, and setting that to the side, the fact of the matter is that you know, he, it's not like he stood on his head against this run-and-gun offense every, night in and night out. He played consistently, but he played consistently against some you know, pretty safe shots. So he just... He just did the job. He didn't, you know, have to again stand on his head. Yeah, I mean that's that's a fair point, but I think that's a, a, a pitfall you fall into almost all goaltender arguments. Where if you have a really great goaltender, then they're always going to say, "Well, look at the system you play." But that's what people say about, about sometimes about Jonathan Quick. Oh, well, look, he's playing behind the Kings, but you know. Someone who watches the Kings night in and night out, yeah. yeah. Sometimes they have all that possession, but then they give up these incredibly good for the other team, incredibly bad for the Kings scoring chances. Yeah, I think. So I mean, I think though there's a different. There's a reason why the trap, you know, became so infamous for being such oh, a, yeah. a boring kind of uh, effective but boring method of play because. There's a difference between playing behind a really solid defensive team and playing behind a team who's built around uh, a defense that's nigh impenetrable. It, again, just one man's opinion, but I, I think that, you know, I don't know that Marty Brodeur is ranked quite as high as he is if the Devils don't employ that trap system for how many years. Yeah, and two things. Sorry, Sue, if you're listening. We yeah. apologize. You're still Sorry, Sue. Sue, and we love you. But uh, the, the whole point of this conversation is just this. It's We're, we're splitting hairs here. So uh, we're just giving our own opinions, and maybe we're right, maybe we're wrong. But uh, I think between the four of us, especially with Brad doing an excellent job of his homework, and Mike and Gary, who know an awful lot about keeping goal, it's 
we can back it up to a certain extent, but especially from being fans like, you know, Mike being such a great Kings fan living on the East Coast, that's saying a lot more than somebody over in L.A. because it's easy to watch the games over there. So just just keep that in mind. And again, all fans listening out there, we'd love to hear your two cents as well because it's just as as important as ours. But uh, absolutely. On, it, it, no, yeah. I was just going to say, if you have a differing opinion and you think we've really dropped the ball on something, please let us know. Hit the deck pod on Twitter or, or uh, email us at hit the deck at gmail.com or drop a comment on our Facebook page, please. So, Brad, anybody else out there that kind of stuck out in your mind that uh, did not belong on the top 100? Joe Neuendijk was the other one. Why I think Joe Neuendijk shouldn't be on there is because I don't think he was ever the best player on the team he was on. I never feared Joe Neuendijk when he was out there. And if you look at his stats, he has pretty equal stats to some people that were left off this list. And Doug Gilmore is the one that pops into my mind that should have been on this list. I got him on my list, too. Yeah. Yep. And at, same goes for, uh, for Dale Howardchuck. Scored a lot more points than Neuendijk did in fewer games. But if you think about it, Neuendijk was never the star. He mm. was in Calgary. He was overshadowed mm. by Gilmore and Theo Fleury and Al McGinnis and Mike Vernon. Exactly. Yep. Then he moved on to Dallas where he was overshadowed by Mike Madano, Brett Hull, mm. Eddie Belfour. Then he mm. moved on to Jersey and then there was Marty Brodeur there and Scott Stevens. He was never the guy that you worried about on the ice. He was just sort of there. He was a great leader, for sure. Sure. But I feel like if the NHL wanted to go with Flash, like they did on this list, then I think you cannot leave a guy like Jerome McGinley off this list and put yeah. Joe Neuendijk on. You can't leave a guy like Dale Howarchuk off this list but put Joe Neuendijk on. So that's my opinion. What do you guys think? I agree. Yeah, definitely. It's... Um I have my list too, but I agree about Gilmore completely. And um, for guys that I don't think should be on the list, I completely agree with uh, the, both of you guys and I think Gary as well with uh, Kane, Keith, and Taze. Now, yeah, they're great young players, and winning three cups in six years is insanely impressive, especially this, this day and age, 2010, 13, and 15. But again, I mean, they have a lot more hockey, hopefully, for them to play, and we'll see what happens because – out of the 100 years proper of the NHL, that's saying a lot, taking up those three spots from players who probably needed to be on there instead. So yeah, great point about Neuendijk and, and Fjord, and, and that's, again, the reason for this conversation and this podcast is just for that, to for fans to dissect it a little bit more. So I agree with you 100% on, on those points there, right? So thank you for that. No problem. Question. Um, yes. and I don't have him on a specific spot. I don't know who I would bump out. Oh, I would probably take out Duncan Keith in his place. But I just wanted to kind of hear everyone's opinion because I think it's a that it, you can make a pretty interesting or compelling argument. Uh, Zdeno Chara, top one hundred guy. Yeah, actually, I was actually I'm, I was surprised yeah. Chara got left off this list. Border like kind of in his prime, essentially the Deion Sanders of hockey, where <laughs> you just did not send it in his area. Well, as a matter of fact, for my two cents of this whole thing, I would, I mean, Chris Pronger belongs on the list, but I exactly, for to flip flop, I would have put Chara over Pronger, but I think mm-hmm. the difference maker was uh, Pronger, you know, was a cup winner as well, but so was Chara. But I think Pronger had about 100 more points overall mm-hmm. than, than Chara did. But I agree with you 100% on that one, Mike. That That's one of my guys, too. I was surprised that uh, Big Z wasn't on the. On the list. Well, you know, if it's not a, a Blackhawks player or Crosby or Ovechkin, <laughs> you can just get the hell out. <laughs> yeah. Brad, what, were you, you going to say something about that? Yeah, uh, I agree with you about Chara that he is definitely a borderline case. I, I, think, I think Chara's problem is he doesn't have the stats to back him up. And really, this list didn't appreciate defensive defensive, which is sad because there That's are true. a lot of them out there. It, they more went for the guys who produced points. They did give Eddie Shore his spot. They gave Doug Harvey a spot on here. But they didn't really go for the defensive defensemen. So I can see sort of why they left guys like Zdeno Chara off. A guy like Rob Blake is someone else that could come up into this conversation who I think didn't, he absolutely who didn't, should be on. He should be on this list. I think as far as defensemen go, the big guy they left off was Larry Murphy. Because he's got just a terrible reputation in Toronto, but he 
killed it everywhere else he was. I mean, the guy played 1,600 games and scored over 1,200 points as a defenseman, plus he had four cups. Yet he's left yeah. off this list in for someone like Duncan Keith to get on it. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's, yeah, can't argue with that. It's just exactly what Gary was saying before. It's like in baseball, chicks dig home runs. In hockey, they uh, they like the the see that lamp being lit up. So it's kind of a double standard against goalies and yeah, exactly, defensive defensemen. So we we appreciate that, Brad. Thank you. The, the long ball, James. Chicks dig the long ball. <laughs> oh, excuse me, which sorry. Is, which is funny because Jonathan Taves is likely on this list more for his defensive ability than his offensive ability. I would think. It's for his stalwart leadership, Brad. Come on, you know that. <laughs> oh, sure. Because he's the sure. greatest leader he has ever produced, ever. <laughs> Just he might as well rename the Messi trophy the Taves trophy. Right. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like Taves maybe made the list just because he's somebody who, you know, has always been kind of mentioned as one of the the young, talented players that's, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like he, he just he made the list because he's supposed to make the list. I, I don't know yeah, if I'm articulating this properly, but uh, it, it seems I don't know. Maybe it's it's more hype than actual you know, actual production. But it, it seems like Taves is always one of the names, the big names that gets mentioned. Uh, well, I think statistically, yeah. he's, like the past two years, he's actually been kind of trending in a somewhat downwards direction. I know last year he had a fairly down year. I don't really know how he's doing this year because I don't care to keep track on them very much. But uh, I don't think he's really tearing it up. Nah. And I mean, comparatively, he's easily got the worst stats on on this list of centers that I've got that wasn't playing in, you know, the non-second assist era. The guys that played in the single assist era obviously have fewer points, but mm. Taves is just... Here's a name that could have taken Taves off if they wanted to put a flashy, sexy, modern name on there. How about Evgeny Malkin? Yeah. Uh, uh. yeah. I think I mean, he's always looked at as kind of like, well, he's great because... You know, the Penguins have Crosby, so Crosby always gets the top competition, which means that they get to unleash Malkin on an inferior line. You know, he always he always gets a favorable matchup because the idea is, all right, well, Crosby's going to take the top defenseman pairing, and he's going to take, ideally, the best line. So if you can get a mismatch, which I think they try and... It seems like that's something they would try to do all the time, which is what everyone does all the time, but especially in their case, yeah, getting Malkin out there against their third or fourth line, it's like, all right, well, there's a goal. You know, I feel like Malkin is kind of Yager to Crosby's Lemieux. I don't know if Yager makes this list if he doesn't have the kind of longevity that he's managed to have. And obviously he's a very skilled player, but he's somebody that, as, as skilled as he was, was always kind of in Lemieux's shadow when they were both in their prime. So I, I I think Malkin may be suffering from the same kind of, uh, if not even stigma, but just, you know, uh, that, that kind of uh, misfortune. Yeah, because last year when he came back after being injured, then that just turned the, the Penguins into the Stanley Cup champions that they were. So good points there on, on Malkin, guys. So, Gary, how about yourself? Is uh, Are there any players on the list that you think should not be there in the top 100? Well, besides- let, let, let me let me just say right off the top, well, actually, we're nowhere near the top. We're, we're significantly far away from the top. But right off the top of what I'm about to say is I don't have nearly the hockey intelligence of uh, Brad and Mike and probably even yourself, James. I'm, I'm, I've said this before on the podcast. I'm first and foremost a Rangers fan. And while I am aware of other players, you know, skill players in the league, uh, I don't like I, I don't go out of my way to analyze other people's play. And, and, and certainly I don't have the kind of uh, depth of knowledge of past players because I'm not I don't know. It's just not my thing to go back and and uh, seek out old time players and, and old time games just for the sake of it. So uh, I apologize that my opinion is not going to be nearly as informed. And so I'm, I'm, I guess I'm going to go with more of a comedy pick than, uh, than anything else. There, there really is only one man who I, I definitively believe does not belong on this list. 
and uh, that that's going to be Dennis Potvin because uh, <laughs> anyone who has ever watched or attended a Rangers home game can tell you why. <laughs> I'm glad that we're in separate areas, so uh, we don't have to have Brad go after yeah, Gary. No offense, Brad. So that, <laughs> that's cool. But uh, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'll leave my opinions to the end too. But Brad, you did so much great work. I'd love to hear the rest of your lists in terms of uh, like like we've delved into goalies and defensemen, uh, and and you dipped your toe a little bit into the centers too. So if you have each position of guys that you have uh, that you rank them by, I, we'd love to hear it. All right, so maybe I'll give you like my top five for each position. I guess there'll be some overlap with what I said already. but uh, Sure. sure. Yeah. Uh, let's start at center. Gretzky, Lemieux, Beliveau, who I already mentioned. And then I've got Marc Messier at number four. And then I was kind of toying with three names here for the fifth spot. Stan Mikita, mm-hmm. Brian Trottier. Ooh. And just the classy old-time pick, Howie Morenz. I don't know enough about him other than his legends to put him, you know, to order him on this list. So I would probably lean towards the very complete player that was Brian Trottier. Absolutely, and I'm an Islander yeah. fan, yeah. so that that'll kind of sway me in that direction too. But I would, I would I don't put think, Trottier over Morenz. Yeah, I, I I don't think Bossy scores as many goals as he does if he doesn't have Brian Trottier as his center. That's my opinion. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Can't argue with that, yeah. So uh, moving on to the wing, Gordie Howe at number one, Maurice Richard, Mike Bossy, Yarmer Yager. Mentioned all those guys already. At number five, I think this guy would be a top five player of all time in the NHL if he played his whole career in the NHL, which is Bobby Hull. He spent a Hmm. lot of years in the WHA that he probably could have racked up another 150 goals or so in the NHL during the 70s. But he spent a couple years over, you know, in the WHA playing for Winnipeg. So I would put him at number five. And then you got a whole slew of guys who could have, you know, snuck up near that, you know, into the top ten. So you got Guy LaFleur and Brett Hull mm. and Temu Solani, Bernie Jeffrion, Johnny Busick. Even someone as Alex Ovechkin, I think, in a couple of years is going to be creeping up this list pretty far. Okay. Especially uh, given that he's scoring all these goals in an era where goals are kind of hard to come by. Uh, I'm listening to your wings choice. I cannot help but see that you're omitting one, in my opinion, fairly obvious name. Luke Robitaille? Highest scoring left winger in NHL history? Uh, just the possibility that he should be up I there, know, right? I know. He's, I, I've, got, I've got him on here, um, but I've got him about middle of the pack. I've got him near Yari Curry. He is, near, he is above Ovechkin, so he's still, I believe he's still the top left wing on this list. It just so happens all these guys ahead of him were right wings. Well, yeah, I mean that. I mean that's fair. I didn't know if you were originally doing just right wingers. Yeah, because it sounded like the first five were all right wingers. I think, or first four were all right wingers. I, I, I couldn't I got, quite. Like, my first seven are right wingers. So all right. On. So I mean, if you're yeah. gonna, okay. I mean, I, I see how you you broke it down, but yeah, I mean that's that's fair because I mean it does seem like right wingers tend to score more. Yeah, I think they have the advantage coming out of the corner as a like a, like a left-handed right winger would. That I know that's how right. Maurice Gerard scored most of his goals was coming out of that corner and kind of you know kind of pulling the NHL '94 move. It almost never fails. Oh, that was my well favorite done, move. Yeah. I'm, we're gonna. Uh, I know this is totally unrelated to the podcast, but I'll throw it out there anyway. But Gary and James, I'm going to have to, and Brad, of course, and whoever else, I'm going to have to have you all come up one day, and we're going to have to have some kind of NHL 94 tournament. <laughs> all right. Sounds great. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. I'm down. Which well, system? Thank you, sir. Yeah. Well, Genesis or Super Nintendo? Genesis. All right. Go, okay, cool. I'm, I'm a Genesis guy, too. So. Fair enough. <laughs> we just got to get one of those uh, those good controllers, the second one there, Mike. Don't, you Don't worry. I got you. <laughs> got a handicap controller. I got two good controllers. <laughs> I got that, and I got a hidden gem. Let me tell you, boys, this is a real masterpiece. La Russa Baseball 95. <laughs> oh. Excellent. Excellent. Last from the past. Yeah. Ask Brad. He played it. We both played it together. Our hearts were in our throats. The tension, <laughs> it was real. <laughs> Great job, guys. Yeah. Great job. So I can't wait. This, this, thank you, Mike. Uh, so, Brad, does that close out your... 
Uh, let me uh, just go quick through the defensemen and goalie. Defensemen, I had Bobby Orr, Ray Bork, Eddie Shore, Doug Harvey, Nick Lidstrom, Dennis Potvin, Larry Robinson, Al McGinnis. So those are all the guys that are up near the top. Chris Chelios. Sure, yeah. yeah. And in goal, this was this was probably the toughest one because it's just I had Patrick Waugh at number one. Waugh, Brodeur, Plant, Dryden, Hashek, Sawchuck, Hall. Okay. Wait, wait, that's your order? Yeah. No way. No way. <laughs> Here we no go. Way. Gary and Mike? I'll let Mike take this one. All right. Here comes There's the argument. No way Hasek is that low. You don't think Hasek should be... I mean, he's top five. He should be one. Ooh, I, find, I find it hard to argue against Patrick Waugh. Huh. Uh, okay, let, let's, let's, let's then, hatch this one now. All right. We, all right, so... As far as I'm concerned, the top five goaltenders of all time are kind of set, and you just got to fiddle them around. So you got Brodeur, Bois, Jacques Plante, Ken Dryden, and Dominic Hasek. Those are your five. Do you, do, do I you agree, agree or disagree? Okay. okay. I agree. I'm trying to think if I would put anyone else in above any of those guys. Are we doing just NHL? Yeah, we'll yeah, stick that, with the NHL, yeah. If, okay, if we're doing just, just – yeah, Of all time, I would have to say Tretiak. A lot of stuff, Yeah, yeah. sure. But if we're just doing NHL guys, then yes, I would say that is the that's the top five. It's just how you order them. Yeah. Okay. And cool. we could probably and, and argue all day over that. Sure, absolutely. It's a great argument. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I would I would go Hashik, Plant, Wa Brodeur, Dryden. Okay. If you look at some of the stuff Jacques Plant did, mm. it really was so forward thinking. I, I I really if you take a lot of the old time guys and if that same you know the Delorean argument you bring them and they just can't comprehend the fast game. But I think like Jacques Plant's one of those few guys that if you went back and you bore him today and you're like okay Jacques Plant carry Price is hurt you so you're the goalie today. <laughs> I think he would be damn fine. Like I think he would be just okay. I mean I get that he would probably have to adjust a little bit to the speed of the game and whatnot. But I mean I really think. He was one of those guys that was just – he would be excellent whenever he played. Mm, as opposed enough. to a grand or who would probably be lit up like a scarecrow dousing <laughs> gas if he played today. All right, guys, thank you so much. It was very insightful. You guys came prepared and you know your stuff. And I really enjoyed this segment. So thanks for thinking it up and joining us and making it so much fun. Agreed. Thank oh, you, guys. Thank we you. really appreciate Glad it. To do it. Yeah. Thanks for making us look smart. Yeah. So, all right. Guys, yeah, guys, I'm, I have a couple of names that I'm going to throw in, but um, we could do that. If you guys want to go, you're more than f- welcome to go. No, with, uh, okay. no I'm happy to talk go. hockey. All right, cool. All right. So, yeah. And Gary, do you have anything else to add to your list and whatnot? Or? No, please, James. What do you got for us? Just for my two cents for the, the final bow on this, if you will, I agree about the, the Chara being on or arguably being on. Maybe I wouldn't take Pronger off for him, but I, I thought those guys were kind of uh, pound for pound uh, on the same level. Pavel Bore, I have a question about. Now, it's very hard to argue with 50-plus goals in five of the 12 seasons that he played. But uh, in terms uh, – yeah, he was fast and, and this and that and the other thing. I'm not saying he doesn't necessarily belong on the best 100 hockey players of all time. But I could definitely see an argument for him not being on the top 100. Personally for me, and I I wouldn't replace him with this player that I'm going to mention, but one of my favorite players growing up was Theo Fleury. We we talked about him, you know, uh, Brad brought him up in the past on this podcast as well. He scored 18 or more goals. Excuse me. He scored 18 more goals than Bore did in his career and had 309 more points than Bore in 15 seasons that Fleury played. So uh, that's kind of my two cents there for one of my favorite players growing up watching and somebody I still admire to this day. Again, I agree with you guys 100% about Kane, Keith, and Taze, the uh, three Stanley Cup champion young Blackhawks. For favorite guys, again, growing up, being a Ranger fan, okay, yeah, Mike Richter, 
and I'm stepping on Gary's toes here for this. I love the man. I'll, I'll, I'll go to my grave being grateful for him winning that Stanley Cup for us 22, 23 years ago. Okay, now statistically fine. He has 300 wins, uh, a little over 300 wins. I think he had to retire a little bit too early because of concussion reasons and having a cracked skull, for crying out loud. And his uh, save percentage was above 900 too, which was uh, pretty great in the time, but maybe now... When you compare him to guys like Hasek and, and so on and so forth, maybe it doesn't hold water. But I got to definitely stick up for number 35 of my American Rhino and Mr. Richter over there in uh, in the blue shirts as well. On the other hand, uh, there's his contemporary was uh, Van Beesbrook, John Van Beesbrook, another great goalie, Ranger, uh, 374 wins. Save percentage was just under 900. So, OK, I, I see when you're talking about splitting hairs for the 100 greatest players, maybe not, but... In my heart, he is. And obviously, we mentioned Lundqvist, too. 395 wins and counting, and a save percentage of 920, which is pretty pretty darn great. To Brodeur's 912 save percentage, just to, to put a comparison there. Again, I totally agree with uh, Brad about Doug Gilmore. Over 1,400 points in his career. Another guy who's had the benefit of longevity, but not on the list, Joe Thornton, who's still mm. going strong for the, uh, the Sharks. As having over 1,300 points, but he has played for a while, so maybe that's what held him back. And my last guy, for all you Dumb and Dumber fans out there, how can Seabass not be on the 100 greatest list of hockey players? The, the man played in 12 injury-plagued seasons, 50-plus goals in three of them, and Cam Neely, I don't care what anybody says, you're on my top 100 list. Thank you very much. So that, 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 that ends it for me. All right, thank you. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> I, I was going to actually, uh, I'm glad you did, even though I really do not care for the gentleman. But uh, I was going to bring up that I guess you could say that Joe Thornton probably should be on this list. Yeah. I mean, I, he's getting up there. I think he's only got, if I remember correctly, I think he only has three goals this season. I think they're all empty netters. <laughs> they are all empty netters. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not exactly lighting it up. But, um, I mean... I'm just looking right here, and I don't know if these are up to the minute updated, but he's 25th all time in points and 13th yes. all time in assists. Yeah. So, yeah. and he's, for what it's worth, he's the Sharks' all time leader. Now, we're talking about a team that's only 20 years old or so, so it really doesn't matter. You know, because if you're only 20 years old and the guy's been there for, I don't know, 12 years, obviously he's going to be the all time leader. So, put that aside. But, I mean, if you're talking about, I mean, 13th all-time in assists, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Among, Let's get to yeah. that top 100 level. I would put him in over Kane because, I mean, what exactly is, has Kane really done? That's, well, I would actually argue that Kane could be on this list. He's over a point per game in an era that it's hard to do that in. And I think you could argue someone like Pavel Burry, who didn't have some longevity in his career— could fall off this list, or someone like, I mean, going back in history, someone like Max Bentley, who is, they, you know, when they put the thing up online, it's like, oh, he's, he's a four-time goal-scoring leader, but he did all of that during World War II, when the league was decimated of some of its better players. Mm. So, someone like that, and when if you look at Bentley's stats, he has 544 career points. That's someone who might be able to drop off, and you would leave Kane on, and still be able to put on some of the other people we've discussed. Because Joe Thornton is basically the modern Adam Oates, and Oates made this list. Good. Very good analogy. That's mm. nicely done, man. Wow, you brought your A game tonight, Brad. Uh, what, what can I say? I, <laughs> I watched a lot of hockey in the 90s, and uh, I did a little of my homework on the, the guys from the 30s and the 40s before getting on here. Surprise, surprise. Brad is good at something. <laughs> Brad always, always brings his A game when it comes to hockey. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, he does. Gary and I have both been victimized <laughs> enough to know that. Hey, me too. I'm a stupid defenseman. I've been no, left footed by It's not the same for you. You you know, Brad scores on me or Gary, and you're the defense and say, Oh shucks, you know, I could have stopped him, but I'll get him next time. For us it's like, Oh god damn it. Oh he scored again. I can't do anything, I'm not doing it right. It's like a whole crisis of confidence that you run through in like ten seconds. Brad scored on me once. In goal, as an emergency goalie, uh, I still haven't gotten over that. 
Sorry about that one, Gary. No, you earned it. I I will still say. He, does, I mean, he earns every goal he gets. That's the one thing. Have, that does. Amen to that. There you go. I have played a lot of hockey in my time, and Gary, I apologize, but I think I scored my most impressive goal against you. That's okay. Which is from the corner behind the goal, I s- I put it. I somehow put it top shelf. I don't know how I did it. We talked about this happened. on the podcast. I still don't know how that went in. Oh, yeah, not to either. mention, yeah, not not to mention, you actually have used me to score. You, you've more than once caromed the puck off of my butt or my head or something, and then it went into the net. So, yeah, I, I know how you guys feel, Gary and, and Mike, to a certain extent. So, plus, I have to stand there helplessly watching as he's doing damage to my goalie. So, <laughs> I actually, I, I got. Oh, go ahead, Mike. No, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. No, I was just going to say I got a call from a coworker yesterday, a listener, Anthony, who oh, um, has uh, who who plays in uh, a deck hockey league on the island, and uh, he said to me, "Hey, what's that uh, site you use for cheap hockey sticks?" And I told him Hockeytron. He's like, "Yeah, I I broke mine on the net the other night." I was like, "Oh." <laughs> No, what what happened? You, uh, he's like, you give up a goal. He's like, no, actually, I scored a goal. Uh, unfortunately, it was a teammate of mine <laughs> passing the puck back, and it deflected off of my stick up into our own net. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the these things happen. That they do. That they do. I think there's right. a reason why there are all these videos of angry goaltenders because yeah. when it happens, it's just there's no other natural reaction. But I was going to say that. I know that more than once Brad has used a particular move, and I always know it's coming at some point. I'm always like, I'm going to stop it this time. I'm going to get him. You just wait and see. He's going to do that thing, and I'll be ready. And then he always does it. He waits, and he waits, and he goes to the far side, and I'm trying to wait him out. And there's that little voice in the back of my head like, no, get down now. Do it. He's going to shoot. I'm like, no, I try and wait. And... Finally, I'm like, all right, he can't shoot. He's like, you know, practically perpendicular to the line. So there's no way he's going to make a shot that goes in. So I then drop down, and what should happen? But he makes the shot. And I always know it's going to happen, and I always try and wait that extra millisecond, and it never works. <laughs> so hats off to you, Bradley, with your <laughs> magical, magical move. That yeah, I know will happen. It's much like the NHL 94 move, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Except he doesn't cross in front of you. He he just... He actually kind of does, now that I think about it, because he comes straight at me, and then he goes to the side. So I'm trying to kind of keep pace with him, but I'm trying to stay up, because I know he's going to... It's just... it's, And this all happened... You know, it's happening in, like, a, a second. Oh, yeah, yeah. It sounds like it's happening... Oh, it's like the slowest moving play of all time, but, you know... But it's all like that. That's hockey. There you go. You and guys are Brad is that blush good. over here. Well, you deserve it. So we love you, and uh, we have much respect for you because, like Mike said, it's well-earned. So Yes. And, again, guys, thank you so much for rejoining us on Hit the Deck tonight. It Absolutely. was, a, I think, a great podcast. Yes. Uh, you guys did great, uh, far and beyond what we expected, and I think the NHL should be proud of itself for – getting its fans so excited and at least starting a conversation about the 100 greatest NHL players of all time. So well done, boys, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Well, thank you, James. All right, gents, you are free to go. <laughs> yes, all right. you are released. All right, thank you. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Indeed. It was well, a lot of fun. All right, yeah, yes. Less minute remaining in the podcast. Thank you, Pops. Oh, well, it has been quite a show. I really hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed listening to all of our various opinions, both informed and wildly uninformed as they may have been. Please, as we mentioned during the show, feel free to give us your opinion at hitthedeck at gmail.com. Tweet at us at hitthedeckpod. Again, that deck is spelled D-E-K in all cases. Or hit us up on Facebook and start a conversation. You can start a conversation with Brad or Mike if you'd like. I'm sure they'd be happy to jump in as well. Speaking of, we want to thank, thank, thank Brad and Mike so very much for being guests on tonight's show. We, of course, would like to thank 
Pops for being the voice of the podcast, Anthony Sajazi for providing us with music used in the podcast, and the LIQ for sound effects. Thank you ever so much every week, every time for listening. We sincerely appreciate it. We would also appreciate it if you would subscribe to us, if you haven't already, on iTunes or Stitcher or any other place where you get your podcasts. We'd also, I know this is asking a lot, but the cherry on the top, could you please be so kind as to spread the good word the spread the good word about the hit the deck podcast to your friends and your enemies alike anyone who you think might enjoy listening to this cavalcade of nonsense we would uh we'd we'd just uh love to grow the fun as it were james is there anything that you would like to add no, but I don't think we had enough uh, American Rhino tonight. So thank you for everything, Mr. American Rhino. Uh, if you're thanking me for not having enough American Rhino on the show tonight, you're perfectly welcome. I'm sure the listeners are thanking me as well. No, that, that's not what I meant. That's not. No, sorry. <laughs> they deserve it. They deserve right. a break from me. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go in the box. I'll see you later. Like Until the, next time. Like the jingle says, you deserve a break today, right? All right. Anyway, you know what you don't deserve a break from is the same gentle reminder that we always like to leave you with and that is if you're upset that your favorite player didn't make the top 100 greatest players of all time if you're upset that you feel like you don't have the skill level of your average NHL player or if you're just upset for some irrational reason and decide you'd like to take it out on someone else I would urge you to remember it's deck hockey don't be that guy thanks everybody screw it whatever consider it screwed yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Are we being recorded?